five, four, three, two, one. I'm bored and I don't want to fucking do this today. I don't want to talk to you cunts, but whatever. That is not how I'm going to become undeniably the best podcaster in Vancouver. And it much less to say further afield. So let's fucking go. Um, Punkadelic Podcast is a podcast about the things that make life worth living. Movies, metal, mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Insane Malik. Axel Pose, Grand Kid Rock, Molly Parton. Let's get Punkadelic. <sighs> Straight off the bat this week, folks. What about this for a sex pest? This is from Reddit uh, or slash Today I Learned. Today I Learned that bed bugs have no courtship rituals. What they have instead is a type of mating behavior called traumatic insemination. That is, a male will simply climb onto a female, stab her in the side of her body with his hypodermic penis, and release his sperm into her body cavity. Same bro. Same. On the Punkadelic playlist tonight, everybody, um, and we're going rambling, we've got a whole fucking shitbag of topics to fucking get through, uh, we have to talk Star Wars, we have to talk music, we have to talk about people that, like, where do they show up from when they're famous for what exactly? We've got to get through a couple of those guys. Uh, we got to talk John Wick, Magic the Gathering, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Primitive Technology, Lights, Steak, Flamethrowers, and then of course it will be time for the best segment in podcasting. Oh yeah, that's right. It's the return of Walloper Watch, the Punkadelic podcast. After a, a hiatus of sorts, it's been away for a little while, a couple of episodes, I don't think we've had it in, and uh, it's back, and dude, we've got some doozies, we've got feminists to fucking shout shit at, we have more exceptional dating profiles, we've got a Trump quote to beat the fucking band, all that, and so much more on the show as ever. Yeah, back to basics tonight, me talking... A whole bunch of rare shit. Then we'll make fun of some people. Then I'll say peace, love, punkadelic, and we'll all go home. Right, so first things first. I just... Like, this literally happened months ago, but I was thinking about this again recently. And I was like, this is fucked up, right? Like, was was I... Did, did someone do a racism on me? Like, so I was ordering Donair. Like, you know, fucking... A giant thing of meat that comes on a spindle and they shave it off and put it on chips. Fries, if you're of that persuasion. Right? You know, like a kebab at home. Uh, but over here they're big into calling it donair and it's like, you can, there's like a chicken thing and a beef one and a lamb one and they'll shave it off and, you know, you can have whatever you want. Like, anyway, I was ordering mixed donair. No, yeah, excuse me. I was trying to order mixed donair at this place in fucking Kerrisdale, which is the posh part of Vancouver. <laughs> And they were like, oh, you only get one meat with that. And I was like, yes, I, I know that. I appreciate that. 
what I'm trying to do is get mixed up like both. I think it was trying to go absolutely wild. I think I was trying to get them to mix chicken and lamb, which I mean, I mean, obviously a motherfucker was stoned, but I refuse to believe that that's not a large segment of their target demographic. Like, it's not like they're like, oh no, this is fucking ethnically pure donor from like they're not even claiming to be from some country. It's called like anyway, we're not naming it. We're not giving a free advertising. We're taking its name through the mud, down to our level. But, like, don't you guys think that's weird? Like, I was trying to pay you more money to put extra stuff in there, like. And by token of having extra meat in there, I'm going to also cost myself, there's less space in there for fries. So it's like, I'm getting fucked. Whatever way... I basically, you know, it's just like, like Eric Cartman would say, you know, I just wish I'd known because then I could have walked in there with bright red lipstick on because I like to look pretty when I get fucked. God damn it. Maybe it was racist. I don't know. I don't remember. I, I don't remember them being white girls behind the counter. Next topic. Let's knock them out. Let's not be here all day today, all right? Because um, I got Ghost of Tsushima to play. I got to edit this and put it out pretty much straight away because it's been forever. Thanks, everybody, for listening, as always. Got seven plays on the last episode about UFC 285. I put my fucking whole ass into those UFC reviews, and nobody fucking listens. I know they're time-sensitive, but, like, do both of us a favor. Because here's the thing. After... um. I'm gonna do. There's gonna be two more coming up, and that's gonna be for the co-main event of UFC 286, which is Justin Gaethje versus Rafael Fiziev, striking masterclass. Hopefully, that's gonna be. And I also have to break down uh, Corey Sanhagen versus Marlon Chito Vera. Maybe I'll run that together into a double preview episode and put that out. Um, where the hell was it going with all this? God fucking damn it! See, on the last episode, the last crack episode, we had to achieve the fucking flow state. But that's just not always the way. That's the first time that ever happened on here. I just let rip for like 50 minutes. Doesn't happen, okay? We usually work from a tight fucking set list. What the hell was I talking about? I knew, I, I know I went on this soliloquy to the side for a reason. Oh my god, was it because I wanted to say I wanted to keep it short tonight? Fuck. Right. Let's just move on. Star Wars has been so fucking good lately, guys. This is not going to be a long rant about Star Wars. But Star Wars is just like, when I think about it, or when I was thinking about it, Stone the other night, I was realising, like, Star Wars is, to me, what kung fu movies were to Quentin Tarantino. It's just like, I'll just go and watch them all. I love it, and it's my thing, and it doesn't matter if anybody else understands that. And I'll even get down in all the details of it, and I'll read the books, and I'll watch the TV shows, even the ones for children, everything. I'll consume it all. The other thing there is then that I'm obviously uh, subconsciously absorbing the morality of the Jedi Code and stuff like that there from it. So that's very interesting. I wonder how that plays out in a person's psychology over their entire life. But just, it's been cracking. If you know anything about Star Wars and what's been going on since Disney took over. Yes, Disney took over and they made three sequel movies um, and a couple of spin-offs. The three sequel movies are... Um, unessential I would say but uh, I do really enjoy really really enjoy the middle one The Last Jedi Rogue One was obviously fantastic so the TV that we've been getting now from Disney has been great but back in the day they had the Clone Wars TV show and although it is hit and miss when it hits it hits very 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 hard and then that guy that was behind that Dave Filoni got to make Rebels which is 
all hit no miss it is proper brilliant that allows him to go back and make another season of clone wars he's intimately involved in the mandalorian and now the bad batch and so that's all i'm recommending this week i thought if i'm recommending or just saying or reviewing but episode one of mandalorian season three i thought was fucking brilliant I don't really take complaints about Star Wars well. I just feel like it's Star Wars. Everyone just relax. You don't have to take it that seriously either. Yeah, and Bad Batch. Bad Batch has been so good this season. It's just like, I know it's a cartoon, but it's just not for kids at all. Like, um, Crosshair is very, very obviously directly inspired by Clint Eastwood. Um, although I can't quite tell if it's, uh, Dollars Trilogy Cowboy Clint Eastwood Man With No Name or it's more Dirty Harry but you know if it's somewhere in the middle there then that's even better right that's a great villain uh, and as I say because they're all clones a lot of the cast is played by that one guy D. Bradley Parker so I think it's kind of like a masterful voice per- performance Um, so something you probably want to get involved with but it's just not for kids at all there's been like senatorial assassinations in the you know, in the Imperial Senate before that gets dissolved in A New Hope and uh, backroom deals and what's going on with the Kaminoans that, remember, in Attack of the Clones ran the cloning technology, uh, the remnants of those guys and how different factions of the Empire are, like, some want to use it, some want to destroy it, you know, and inter- infighting in the Imperials, which was, you know, such a huge and fun part of Andor, which was just... I mean, the pinnacle of TV last year, really. Well, there was some competition for that as well. We own the city and or extremely, extremely good. So uh, Star Wars just had a stormer of a week last week with the episodes of The Bad Batch and The Mandalorian they put out. So top notch, loving it. Let's long may it continue, Disney. Right, but here's a thing that I was thinking about recently. Okay, I was listening hardcore to the Gorillaz song 19 to 2000, the Soul Child remix. It's a fucking great good time sunshine song it is like one you definitely want when you've got a can in one hand and a joint in the other but then i was just like i was just thinking about it from from a different lens and i'm like thinking like think about the musical landscape in 2001 like no i wasn't old enough to understand it so this is just me looking back with hindsight which is 2020 so yes you're free to make that argument but see in 2001 right so we've been through brit pop We've been through, we're starting to deal with boy bands, girl bands, manufactured pop, new metals on the go. What other musical movements are happening around that time? There's a lot of stuff going on socially. A lot of stuff going on. Woodstock 99. Uh, wrestling's getting huge. Hip-hop, obviously. I mean, hip-hop, obviously, throughout the 90s, you know, with your Up and Smoke tour. Was that 1989 or 2001? Anyway... Look, a lot, a lot of stuff is going on around this time. But was anybody asking for Damon Allborn, the white English frontman from Blur, to start a hip-hop group, whether or not they were made out of cartoons? I just feel like it was presumptuous and possibly cultural appropriation. Uh, Don't get me wrong, I think they got some tunes, but I, I also think that there's a a bunch of claptrap on those albums if you, like, again, not that I'm ever going to sit down and listen to them all front to back, but I feel like I've heard some dodgy stuff from them in the past too, and I just, yeah, who the fuck was asking for that? Like, hey, uh, you know what I would love is, like, the front man from Blur to start a rap group and for them to be cartoons. Now, I'm not taking 19 to 2000 out of my fucking Good Times playlist, so fuck you, but, uh, while we're at it, what the fuck is Barstool Sports? 
Like, I don't understand, but those two clowns just fucking show up everywhere now. All my favourite podcasts stink the place out and then roll on and do whatever else. And, like, they've got a good show there called Answer the Internet, but, I mean, what else? Like, and they're just, they just seem to be balloons. And then, who's the front man? Um, the top dog over there. Christ, I don't even know his name, but do you know who I mean? He's like Paddy the Body's manager now. He's always sitting kids side the UFC wearing the fucking Paddy the Body wig. And uh, Dave Portnoy, is that it? And then he's out there doing pizza reviews. And I'm like, what is this company? Like, Barstool Sports, but he does pizza reviews, manages Paddy the Body, and his fucking two main compadre cohort lads are fucking shake crack. Run about three podcasts. Zero banter. Three podcasts, zero banter. <laughs> Why can't you have no podcasts and three banter? Like, awful, awful. Not here for it. Embarrassed themselves on Legion of Skanks multiple times. Um, came back on and were tortured for it and just, uh, so while I'm getting worked up, I just want to put my feelings on tape about this as well. It's just like, I, I just, you know, you might assume that I do, but I just want to thoroughly assure you 100% that I do not. And that is, what is that you might be asking? Is that, and that is, one thing I do not is love the John Wick movies. Like, I watched the first one. I was supremely entertained. Second one as well, I think. But any time I've tried to go back, I'm just like, I appreciate what's going on in these movies. I love a bit of fight choreography. But they're, uh, all the cutesy bullshit around it is just, I, I don't love all of that in John Wick, like, for, you know, fucking Lieutenant Daniels from The Wires, like, behind the counter being like, oh, checking in, Mr. Wick, how many guests? But it means how many bullets in the gun or whatever, and then it's Peter Serafinowicz in the bar, so he's awful too. He's always awful. He's showing up places being fucking brutal. Even if he was the voice of Darth Maul in the movie, don't want to hear about it. So, I just, I tried to watch the third one then there, and, uh, you know, it starts off fairly well, like he's getting excommunicated from the organisation or whatever, and that's all seems to be fairly hectic, so he gets out, and then everyone's gunning for him, and then within about 13 minutes of the hit being out on him, he's in a desert half a world away, but not only that, he's met someone who knows who he is, and they're like, um, start calling him by a name that he used to go by, and it's like, Johnski Wixki or something real bad like that and he's like why have you returned to me and it's like what is this boy's past like he was in the desert too he's the Baba Yaga he's I just I could do a, a shade less bullshit in the John Wick movies I wonder will the ballerina TV series um, I mean, no, stretching it out over a TV series without film budget to throw at stunts, that actually can't be good for it. But my point was that Ana de Armas is supposed to be the lead in that, and she is. I mean, she's low-key the hottest woman in Hollywood. Have you seen her in the most recent James Bond film? Good fucking God. She's low-key, I'm saying, because you still have birds like... Margot Robbie out there getting all the attention, but I don't know, Anna de Armas has quietly been an absolute ride for a long time now in my books. For whatever that's worth to anybody. Uh, and so, yeah, I wanted to make a wider point about, like, that just speaks to gun-fu 
John Wick doesn't get it right for me. When I came on here, this podcast, you can go way back and listen to an episode I made a long time ago called Everybody Was Gun Fu Fighting, which is where I rattled through a list of my personal favorite gun fu movies. Now, gun fu in that context was something that I applied to a certain set of movies where there was a lot of like fancy gunplay and different shooting stunts. With the John Wick thing, what I worry is that they just saw the phrase gun fu written down somewhere and were like, right. So what that obviously is, is a very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? The opposite of creative and in the moment and a very like deliberate martial art that's drilled of like integrating Brazilian Jiu Jitsu with gunplay. And that's great, and you know, it's fun seeing John Wick breaking arms and rolling in and fucking giving people the double tap to the head. But I'm just saying that that's just made it kind of prescriptive. As I say, I always say my favourite gun fu movie, and this is using the term in the sense that I use it, not like the official meaning of it or whatever the fuck that might be, but shoot him up with Clive Owen, Paul Giamatti and Monica Bellucci. Dude, if you watch that movie and don't have a good time, fucking delete this podcast. Like, oh, get this out of your app. I don't want anything to do with you, pal. Back the fuck up. So yeah, gun fu is just easier said than done. Seen some bad ones. Like, I didn't think Bullet Train was all that charming. I thought that it was trying very, 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 very hard to be charming. But again, same as John Wick, the charming bullshit didn't really work. So you don't care when it comes to a fight scene, you know? So it's difficult because uh, balancing emotional stakes and just balls-to-the-wall action, I don't know. Maybe that's why it's easier for B-movie cinema to do it because they're just, like, painting with a very broad brush when it comes to emotional strokes. Gunpowder Milkshake was also another example of that. And it's like, look, you just can't have a bunch of hotbirds shooting guns. Like, I mean, good start, but hotbirds and guns does not a movie make. I think Shakespeare said that. Oh, right, okay, so we got to do a little teeny tiny bit of punkadelic research right now. Punkadelic research, you say? What's that? Well, that's just me sitting in bed looking stuff up. But I just learned of the existence of a brand new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. You know, for young men of a certain age. Young girls as well, I'm sure. Girls with brothers, <laughs> more likely. You know, big nostalgia, big crack in early years. So, this is it. So, just caught wind of the new movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, Seth Rogen's reboot dazzles with Spider-Verse-style animation. With a headline like that, folks, you know my punkadelic senses were tingling, so let's get into this. The heroes in a half-shell are back. The first trailer for Paramount Pictures and Seth Rogen's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem reboot has been released. It's the latest iteration of Leonardo, Michelangelo, Raphael and Donatello after several TV shows and film runs and this is the second fully animated version to hit the big screen. This version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has a distinctly colourful comic book animation style reminiscent of 2018's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Dude, if you need me to tell you about Spider-Verse, this is not the podcast for you. Get out there and get the Spider-Verse watched. One of the best superhero movies of all time. Suck my dick if you care that it's animated. 
Revealed on Saturday, the voice cast includes Mika Abbey, Shaman Brown Jr., Nicholas Cantu, and Brady Noon. I am so sorry, I've never heard of any of these gentlemen or ladies. As the roles of Donatello, Michelangelo, Leonardo, and Raphael, respectively. The A-list cast has Jackie Chan as Master Splinter. Hello, slam dunk bit of casting right there. Take all the money. A.O. Ed Beery as April O'Neil. Don't know who that is. Uh, Seth Rogen as Bebop. John Cena as Rocksteady. Damn, that is going to be comedy gold. Hannibal Barres as Genghis Frog. Rose Byrne as Leatherhead. Ice Cube as Superfly. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Natasia Dimitriou as Wingnut. I don't even know who Wingnut is. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito as Baxter Stockman. Nice. Is he not the Superfly? Are they different characters? Isn't Baxter Stockman a half a fly? Anyway, Post Malone as Ray Fillet or Ray Fillet. <laughs> I don't know. Are these all like, these must be from the comic run of the Turtles or the very late seasons of the TV show that we know and understand as the Turtles TV show from our generation. Uh, Paul Rudd as Mondo Gecko and Maya Rudolph as Cynthia Utrum. Who's Cynthia Utrum and why am I not seeing a list here of, uh, well maybe, right. Uh, I talked myself out of it mid-sentence there because I was going to say, I was going to complain, I'm not seeing uh, Shredder or Kang in here and I'm like, what the fuck? But if they're going to go with Superfly, Leatherhead, Genghis Frog, Bebop, Bebop and Rocksteady, I almost said Beacock. <laughs> Beacock and Rocksteady. Beacock and Ropsteady, that would have been good. But like what I'm saying is there's a ton of fucking B-list villains here but no A-listers so maybe the B-listers are getting teamed up together. I don't know. We'll watch the trailer together. We'll get a bit of audio on here. And blah, 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 blah. The trailer gives a first look at these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles who put the emphasis on teenage in this iteration. The young heroes goof around and film videos of themselves slicing watermelons with swords and ninja stars. Sounds great. But Donatello at one point getting one of Raphael's size stuck in his leg. They also explain their origin story to April O'Neil, but spend most of the time clarifying they were once regular turtles born from toxic ooze, not goo, as she puts it. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles characters are the creations of comic book artists Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, who first introduced the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to the world in 1984 as a comic book through Mirage Studios. Producers Rogan, Evan Goldberg and James Weaver of Point Grey Pictures are overseeing the movie with director Jeff Rowe. Do we know Jeff Rowe? Oh, fa, my man here was a writer on Disenchantment. Not great. Uh, Gravity Falls, never seen it. Her good thing, so. The Mitchells versus the Machines, is that a movie at least? Has he got a movie credit before? I don't know, but he's taken on the Turtles anyway. Maybe that's where he'll make a bigger name for himself. Okay, last Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie was the sequel to the Michael Bay one, and there was an animated one before that in 2007. Da, 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 da. film is set to hit theatres on August 4th, 2023. That is what I was looking to know. Let's have a look at this now. Punk and Files. You're fine! Chill! He's gonna die. 
What? Did you hear that? What was that? Well, nothing we can do. You guys want to grab pizza? What the heck are those things? Those look like little Shreks to me. We've prepared our whole life for this. prefer the term ooze, but yeah. It's like more like, it's just nice. It, it, it rolls off the tongue better, yeah. Ooze. Ooze. It's nice, right? It's ooze. I really don't hate it. Urban from the streets. Dare I say it? Black turtles with a hip-hop soundtrack? How has that not happened already? Also, uh, fucking watch that trailer as soon as you get a chance, Punkadella Files. The animation style looks dope. But yeah, damn, I had no idea that was coming out. Uh, just sort of briefly saw a headline about it the other day and was like, must write that down for the pod. Um, and fucking thank God I did. Dude, I am pumped that, you know, maybe it's the comparisons with the Spider-Verse, but I felt like that trailer did a lot for me as well. And I feel like Rogan's been on a fucking tear. You know, Preacher wasn't super for me, but the boys has been going from strength to strength. And I mean, have we seen Rogan in anything recently? I don't know, but he's sort of another one of those A-listers who I think has been coasting on his reputation for a while. Um, I mean, obviously he's working behind the scenes a lot more now, but uh Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's The point is that he's been doing a lot of behind-the-scenes work, so I think that that bodes really, really, really well for this. Dude, fucking pumped. I love when a little plan like that comes together. Like, oh, I must talk about that on a pod, and then it turns out to be something that I'm actually fucking stoked for. Great. Oof, I missed, uh, I missed out a uh, bullet point in my notes here. You listen to this podcast, you know I'm a nerd. We talk fucking pop culture on here all the time. There's one thing that I don't do in nerd terms, and I want to be more up on it, and that is Magic the Gathering. Now, from my limited looking into it, seems to be what they're telling me is that this is just Pokemon cards for adults. And you can go down sort of two branches with it. You can be super into the nerdiness of it and love the pictures and the imagery and the lore. Or... It's a very precise mathematical game that's super well balanced. I think it closely resembles, um, <sighs> there is a card game that it resembles. I'm not quite sure. I'm sorry. But those, it's very, the game mechanics are quite reminiscent of the Pokemon trading cards. If you ever played that properly with the HP cards, etc. We never played the proper rules when we were young. I don't know what the fuck we were doing. Um, but I had a shiny Articuno and I traded it, so that's how much of an art hard your boy is. But I got like 10 cards for it. It's just that it was, it, anyway, it doesn't matter. So I'm gonna, I, I have like 100 Magic the Gathering cards that I bought in a dollar store one time, and I just found them again recently. Um, they were in an old computer bag in one of the front pouches. And I was like, hmm, because they're all either spells or creatures, but you also need land 
and mana as far as I'm concerned, or as far as I know, excuse me, it's nothing to do with me being concerned about it. So I'm waiting on a voucher from the government or the hospital for participating in a survey for where, for being a pedestrian that was involved in a road traffic accident last year. Not sure if you heard. No, joking. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, you definitely heard. And I'm going to use that, and I'm going to buy a starter set, which will get me two decks, everything I need to play with someone else who doesn't have to have their own deck. They just use that deck that's in there, and everything to take it online. So if any fucking punkadelophiles are out there that play magic and want to get their ass handed to them in about six months' time, give me a shout. So, just to let you know, there's something else that I'm going to be doing in my life. Also, I feel like if I introduce some game that's got a nerdy number system behind it, uh, and my girlfriend works out that she can beat me at it. There's something else that she can beat me at. She'll probably go for it too. And then it's just something else to do as well. Then if you ever go somewhere, so uh, I believe I've talked at length about uh, going secondhand book shopping on here, but uh, trying to find the nerd store to get magic booster packs. That's just another thing to do whenever you visit some city. And, you know, I do desperately hope to get back to Portland someday soon. Um, Seattle's supposed to be a shithole, so probably my sort of place um, and there's other places in Washington I would like to go Spokane supposed to be very laid back quiet and lovely um, has a great comedy club so uh, you know there's things over here in the Pacific Northwest to get at to say nothing about other major cities in Canada um, so that's it and that's that I have got a new YouTube obsession this guy Primitive Technologies he's out in the bush somewhere in Queensland in the rainforest and he is just making shit from scratch. I mean, we're talking Stone Age, uh, wooden tools, stone axes. Um, but right, what got me in the front door here, Punkadelophiles, is this dude made a knife, an iron, like metal iron knife from fucking bacteria. He went down to the river and lifted a bunch of this fucking orange slime. Well, whatever, I'll just tell you about this video. Uh, I guess spoil it, you're probably not going to watch it anyway, it doesn't fucking matter, but orange slime, takes it home, processes it, whatever, there's iron ore in it, fucks about with the iron ore, smelts that into something in a clay kiln that he fucking builds from scratch and loads and is genius at using and has uh, clay, fucking hard-fired clay blowing attachments and like a a wheel fan thing, like just crazy implements, Stone Age, all built out of the shit he finds around him. Smelts this down, gets the prills out, smelts them, bends it, gets it into a triangle shape, sharpens it, and then, you know, it's not much of a fucking knife, it's made out of bacteria at the end of the day. But if you didn't have a knife back in the day, it's just like, right, listen, I am the boss now, all of you cons with your stone fucking things come at me and then you know if you were to get a really big knife like I mean Jesus Christ but he also builds a, a water powered hammer he makes a brick hut out of like mud and river clay and wood ash and grog and it's just it's so fun and I'm so like dude I gotta get out and there and get involved in something like this this summer so I'm thinking um, at my girlfriend's place up in the country when you have two pits going on gotta have a fire pit that we can cook on, do some cooking over open fire, really want to do that um, been looking into getting maybe a cast iron grill so that we could have a like we can have a different configuration every time I'm thinking, because if you dig a hole then you could build something out of um, mud and river clay around that 
or there's a ton of bricks up there so we could build a thing we don't have to mortar them into place just a temporary brick structure so we can all go back to being natural because it is on reserve land at the end of the day and i would feel bad about that so having a cooking pit on the go but then uh, certainly it might might take a couple of goes to get at it or it might take a while but uh definitely want to try to make our own charcoal to cook over because um it just looks like a fun process to me getting all the wood tightly stacked together and then building a big fucking mud mound around it and the way you burn it and build it up with a firebox and you know then it's like it's like anything else if you tell me that i can buy myself a new gadget i'm pretty much gonna be into it like i'd love to make a fucking s'mores cocktail so i so i get the excuse to buy myself a chef's blowtorch and if i'm gonna become an outdoorsman fire cooker then i'm basically gonna need one of those khaki green military folding shovels right preferably one with a ton of with a hollow handle that has a ton of survival gadgets in it like the sort of thing rambo would be running about with that's it inspired as fuck want to cook over wood want to cook over my own charcoal uh, just want to get out there and fucking feel the dirt between my fingers. Was actually actually funny enough. Does this happen to anybody? Does anybody get green fingers when they get stoned? And I don't mean like literally. Do you get fucking green on your fingers? Hardy, har 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 har. As funny as it would have been for somebody to have made that joke in their head, looking at you, punk. Yeah, I was fannying about here trying to get ready for the podcast, and I don't know. I'm having one of those fucking weeks. I told you I didn't want to talk to you, uh, but I was having real trouble settling down and doing it today. So. I was like, right, I have coffee, and then I had a pipe, and I sit down, and then I was like restless, and coming up fucking high on the pipe, so I was like, started dicking about with all the plants in the house, out the back, churning my compost pot, and then inside, like, I'm trying desperately to save this fucking plant, the Collius, what did I name it, I gave it a name, what do you call the black girl in Kill Bill, good fucking god, my brain, it, like, her real name's Vivica A. Fox, but on Kill Bill, she's called Vernita Green. Oh, yes, did it. I was just started saying the sentence without a clue how to end it. And it came to me. Yeah, Vernita Green was my quirky name for this plant. But long story short, it was a coleus that when I bought it had uh, leaves that were black with a green rim. They were like, variegated like that. Uh, if that's the right word, maybe it's not. Maybe variegation is not to do with color. Maybe variegation is to do with the shape. Excuse me if not. But it was like black and it was it has like a velvet texture. So got that kept it all winter didn't realize that it was one of these plants like i mean what the fuck do i know about looking after plants right but it doesn't seem that hard and it's zen and quite rewarding in its own way so it's something i would like to get better at so right before this pod i was just buzz and macaulius which is now like i didn't know it dies over the winter you're supposed to take cuttings and grow all of those so you get a bigger bush every year <laughs> that's what she said um I'll send Steve Carell $5. Leave me alone. Where was I going with all this? Oh, yeah, my plants. So it's literally two cuttings now that have got uh, roots that are less than an inch long as of the one time I dared to check just to make sure that they weren't just dying very, 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 very slowly. Because a lot of the other cuttings died very fast. So I was like, are these still alive? Or like, I'm sure I could... I don't know if I asked or if I just heard my girlfriend's voice in my head. She was like, don't interfere with them! And I was like, fucking, I need to know if they're dead! But mercifully on that check, they weren't. So right before this, I got um, got the ends of this morning's coffee, got the grinds from it, and got a wooden spoon out of the drawer and just sat down on the floor beside it and built up a little mound of coffee, uh, coffee grinds mulch on top of it to keep, keep the heat in. What does mulching do? What is mulching? I saw a primitive technology guy do it, so... It better be good for my plants. 
also I have three skewers going from the very top to the very bottom of that pot right now for um, really really good drainage so uh, if the mulch thing is watertight I won't let water through which is one of my anxieties about the whole thing I will just take one of those skewers out and then in place there will be a little hole where um, water can flow through and I can poke the stick in and out a few times to make sure that it's nice and wide and that'll hopefully get what I need done and then, you know, if I save this fucking plant, I'm going to put pictures all over the Punkadelic Instagram and just be like, this is the world's most Punkadelic plant by far. Anyway, I was not expecting to go on a rant about plants today. There we are. So while I have been thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying Primitive Tech and his vibe and getting out there, getting dirty, getting fucking river clay in between your fucking toenails, making charcoal, doing whatever, growing his own yams, good man yourself. I am quite excited about a little piece of technology that I just got. Call me technology. This yoke is called a HDMI splitter. I don't know if you know, guys know what this is. So, long story short, this goes between my PlayStation and the TV. And it splits the signal into video and audio. And then from the box, HDMI to the TV video is unaffected. But then I take the audio on an RCA to 3.5mm cable out and plug that into my Bluetooth speaker with built-in colour change lights and then you factor in the fact that I just bought matching colour change salt lamps for either side of the TV so it's about to be so psychedelic up in here and the sound quality is going to be perfect and I have Hans Zimmer Live in Prague downloaded it writes itself Alright, so we just talked primitive technology, then we were talking high-tech, talk about my new backs. So, let's talk for a second about a fusion of high-tech and low-tech, right? High-tech techniques that are all low-tech. I don't know, I thought actually sounded a lot better in my head. I thought I was going to be able to do better with that. But what I'm trying to say is that I have perfected reverse searing stakes. I am nailing it pretty much every time now. I took one to two well earlier this year, but that was my own fault. Ghost of, well, Ghost of Tsushima's fault there, really, to be honest. You know, it got a few extra minutes in the oven than it needed, so it was fucked from there. So, in how much detail can I be arsed explaining this to you guys? Well, the top tip that I have for you is simple, right? Get your steaks as soon as you get them. Get them out of the packaging. Get them on a wire rack. And get them on a shelf in the fridge. Like a wire shelf in the fridge. So, on their rack... That rack on a shelf in the fridge, okay? I mean, put them straight on your fridge rack if you so wish, but you're going to have to wash that rack after. Hollin. Um, and just let her get at them. For as long as possible. A day, two days before, whatever. It's money, the more time you do that. One of my friends who's a chef laughed at me when I called that aging the steak, but I just didn't really know a better term for it. Like, I was dry aging it at home, as far as I'm aware, technically speaking. Scientifically speaking, or paraphrasing, I shouldn't say scientifically speaking, like I know the science. But what that does is, you know how everybody says you sear the steak and that locks the juices in and then you put it in the oven? Right. That's bollocks. That's an old wives tale. Chill it like that, the juices contract into the centre and then between bringing it up to room temperature for an hour before you cook it, which you must do, and cooking it, all those juices redistribute properly so that then after you take it off the pan and rest it, for as long as you cooked it for, excluding the oven, I don't mean like an hour, it won't gush fucking juice all over everything like it was your mother. 
it'll just be there it'll all be inside keeping things tender beautiful delicious slice that cunt across the grain then and only then do you season that season right on the fucking pink bits I was using a hickory smoked salt and my big stupid unnecessary black pepper grinder to amazing effect so anyway look if you want more details on that you can contact me but I'm just saying I've got it down pat from practicing a few times this year and I'm super proud of it so had T-bones for John Jones there the other night just had a board full of meat for my guests to choose from it was nuts get out there get after it practice something get good at it and you'll feel fucking better for it I promise you Okay, so here's a great meme I want to read out to you guys. Every flamethrower scene in a war movie starter pack. There's pictures with all of these, but this is an audio medium, so I can't show you those pictures. I can only describe them to you. Guy sitting in a field. Just regular fighting. No flamethrowers yet. Then it's a lady with a cello. Spooky flamethrower music. Bad guy appears, brandishing flamethrower. Picture of dude with a flamethrower and a jet of flame coming out of it. Good guy, non-speaking role, gets flamed bad. Picture of a steak. On a grill with flames. Picture of a soldier up close. Good guy. Movie star. Fires a flamethrower guy but misses. Flamethrower guy. German, Japanese or Vietnamese only allowed. Slowly turns toward good guy to squirt him with fire. Good guy hits bad guy's flamethrower tank. Bad guy gets taste of own medicine. And the picture of course for the last one. Is of a guy with a flamethrower on his back. Blowing up. Anyway, I thought that that was fucking neat. That was pretty much a perfect summation of it. Would you rather get 10 million at the start of each year or get 500 quid for every piece of trash or waste you touch? So 10 million dollars every year, no hassles, you don't have to touch any trash or 500 bucks for every bit of trash picked up. So within a month, two months, say, you could probably make a lot more than the 10 mil. So I said 10 mil at the time just to get the screenshot for the podcast. But I'm thinking now it'd probably be much more of the trash picker, like, and I'd just be like, picking trash all the time, getting 500, 500, 500, 500, monkey, 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 500 every time, like, 500 large, 5 large, easy, easy, so that's one for you to think about, boys, and goes, 10 million start of each year, just fucking hand it down, that's real nice, throw a couple of bets on, worth 5 mil, see what happens with that there, invest 3, fucking spend 2 on hookers and blow, get in there, now, uh, what about a guy on Reddit recently was asking for unconventional movies about love? I said Terminator 2, it's about a robot that learns to love a boy. I think that's fairly bang on. I wasn't being cheeky with that. like. Uh, but it reminded me then as well of, uh, did anybody ever see Humans on UK TV? Well, humans is where they get like a robot that comes into the house that I could be a, uh, uh, what's the, what's the word? Uh, like a home help and assistant, the caretaker. And, um, it's like, it's just like having a big Samsung, you know, it's like, uh, enter user profile, all this thing. Um, but the wife doesn't want the robot. And then one day she's not well or she's not about. And the dad goes out and gets the robot. But of course, the dad buys like the hottest bird possible as a robot. I think it's, her name's Gemma something. She's famous as now. She was in Eternals. I want to say Chan, but I feel like that's just me being racist. But anyway, she is the, the robot in it, the android, the human helper. And not talking about love, but talking about lust. And at one point, the son, he's like 12 or 13, he, she's charging, she's, she's sitting in a chair in the kitchen, like it's nighttime, all pure dark in the house. And uh, she's charging, you know, she's plugged into the wall by her USB or whatever it is. And so she's like head down, uh, eyes closed, you know, fucking no lights on or nothing. 
And so the wee fella fucking creeps down in the middle of the night, it pitch black, and it's like staring at her. <laughs> Just being like, fuck this fucking hot robots in my kitchen. What am I supposed to do here? Like, but, uh, he's, he just, like, uh, you know, he's, t- obviously he's overcome with it. Like, he's like, we own this thing. Like, I ain't going to touch its tit. No doubt about it. So he fucking grabs a handful. The next thing, the robot's fully awake, roaring red light eyes, inappropriate contact, inappropriate contact. It's <laughs> like waking up the parents of all your, oh no, man. But, 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 because you can't have an AI show without AI becoming conscious, right? We also sort of see our robot that we're going to be following about now for the rest of the show. He's like, oh, you know what, wee man? Take a fucking free feel. She chills out there and sort of gives him a wink and uh, stops screaming and roaring and all and like lets him away with it. But he's learned his lesson. He's never going to do it again. Like, as far as I know, I did not finish the show. So I wonder, did that plot line come up again? What if she dub him in maybe later in the show? She finds a bag of fucking grass in his room, touts on him, and he's like, and <laughs> he's just getting in trouble. She's like, Annie fucking inappropriately touched me, like, just gets the kid sent to military school or something, becomes the kid. Dad fucks the robot. What would that be then? Step, <laughs> Step robot, no! What are you doing? <laughs> Alright, well. I'm not gonna lie to you, Punkadella Files. My phone day that I was looking at my notes on. So, where were we going with this? 10 million quid or 500 bucks for every bit of trash. Human robots, Terminator 2, wee boy touching a robot's head. I think it's really just time now for me to say that there have never been more ways for you to get in touch with Punkadelic Podcast if you want to. You don't have to, but you're fully free to use any of the different methods to get in touch with the show, to feedback the show, to tell us if you like it, to tell us if you hate it, whatever it is. We would appreciate constructive criticism, of course, uh, much more than anything unconstructive or destructive. Basically, Punkadelic Podcast is absolutely everywhere you could possibly want to listen to podcasts these days. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, CastBox, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict, it should be available absolutely everywhere. If you can't find it, please contact the show on Instagram, at Punkadelic Podcast. You can't miss us. Um, Over there, you'll also see us announcing that new episodes have been released. And uh, as I keep promising, (laughs) I will get better at using that Instagram, so it's actually worth following. On Spotify, in every single episode bio, you'll see the link to record a voice message and send it to the show. And if you want to do that and have your voice message included in Punkadelic Podcast, you are very welcome to make use of that at any stage. Where are we at on social media so that you can stay Punkadelic between episodes? Well, we're over there on Instagram doing a little bit of stuff, letting you know when new episodes come out, doing our MMA picks. Uh, we are also on Reddit or slash Punkadelic Podcast. Some great content being posted over there. Um, Fields and instant karma reactions, idiots, idiots fighting things is a big subreddit that I draw from on there. Starting to see some other users getting involved. There's starting to be a bit of a dialogue going on. Or slash public freakout. Got a bunch of those over there. Reddit has been pretty storming recently. Good fun over there. Uh, we're also on buymeacoffee.com. Uh, buy me a beer for us. Uh, that's what we've got our campaign set to. We're trying to raise the funds 
to buy a second microphone for the show which may actually just have to become a new primary microphone if I don't solve the sound issues that the podcast has been having which I do want to take this opportunity to apologise for um, I do do my absolute best to get rid of all of those don't forget you can also find Punkadelic Podcast on Letterboxd and that is where I have been doing 50 word uh, movie reviews that's where <clears throat> that's where I've been doing movie reviews in 50 words or less up there recently you'll be able to find out what I thought of Barb Wire The Magnificent Texan and many many more there is a great history on there going back a fair bit lots of the Punkadelic B movies that I'm interested in that make up the aesthetic of this show uh, over there you know, it's just a great time to be involved with this podcast. I got big, big plans for this year. One of the things that I constantly say I'm going to get better at promoting the show. And, um, you know, I'm going to do my part in that. I really, really am. But you guys are, the listeners are kind of taking charge of that right now. Uh, the podcast is still rated five stars on Spotify. That's absolutely great. Thank you so much. If you if you haven't rated the show on Spotify yet, if you will go over there and give us a five star rating, that'd be incredible. Maybe you'd be able to write a review for us if you listen on Apple Podcasts. I don't think we have any yet, but all the feedback's been great recently. People are loving it, and we're settling into a nice rhythm of balancing out the MMA episodes and the crack episodes and the feature episodes and. Everything's coming together nicely over here. I'm excited to be doing it. As I say, I didn't want to be here at all today at the start of this. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Uh, hashtag shout out Kevin Smith. And um, here I am having a great time now. Like This is the beauty of this podcast. I can force... It's it's always been about forcing myself to be good crack and be in a good mood. And we're starting to see some dividends on that. So just the best thing that you can do... The best thing that you can do... Do me a favor, if you enjoy this podcast, if you get anything out of it, um, if you're having a good time here, uh, is just tell people about it. Pass this podcast on, not as though it's, oh, I know this guy or whatever, just pass it on as this is a good podcast. Let some people that don't know me know about it and uh, try and get some honest, honest feedback on this coming back to me. And that's it and that's that. Punk Athletic Podcast is out there. It's free. It's always going to be free. We're never going to stop. The thing I keep telling myself is like the fastest way to fail would be to quit. And it's like, this podcast might never succeed, but certainly I don't want it to fail. So I realize this year, I don't control what anybody else does. I'm not in charge of that. Okay, so as much marketing as I do, whatever promo, whatever word you want to use there, it gets, you know, it's always seen middling results. The people that want to listen, seek it out and listen. So my goal this year is not to get a certain amount of listens as I've kind of been focused on before in the past. I think that's really a dodgy metric to go by. But... I am going to make it my mission to upload double the amount of minutes of content that I did last year. Now, last year I was very badly injured and had a whole bunch of shit going on in my personal life that was very, very bad. Don't have that this year. We're on top. I got my clavicle fixed with a piece of fucking titanium and more screws than I know what to do with, okay? I got screwed, dude. I'm whole again. This podcast is going to the fucking top this year. And if you tell one person about this episode, which has been fucking great crack, I would really appreciate it, and that would be a big help to help me do that. Now, with all of that out of the way, it can only mean one thing, and that is that it is finally time for the best segment in podcasting. It's Walloper Watch. They live in your community. Get the fuck out. They comment on your posts. Their parents feel them. They are wallopers.
Yo, welcome everybody. What Up Watch is the part of the show where we make fun of the stupid shit that people write online. We're not always looking for like outright hate or racism or anything, although sometimes those can be extremely walloping. Uh, but we're looking for people that just contribute nothing and uh, just only to the background din of the internet because there's stuff out there. Sometimes they even read out troll jobs on here because it's like only a deeply sick society could be having enjoyment out of this. So the point of Walloper Watch at the end of the day is that there are people out here that are focused on making these online diatribes about nothing. Uh, yes, I see the irony in that. Yes, I absolutely do. Um, but they're allowed to vote, same as you and me, and I just don't know if I think that's cricket. On Walloper Watch, look, we've been doing this for a long time. This is a pedigreed podcast now. You know we're well into our third year. I mean, it's been two years, two months or whatever, but, I mean, that means we're into our third year, does it not? I'd like to see a mathematician try to prove me wrong on that. Neil deGrasse Tyson, come get some, heap of shit. What the fuck is with me in calling out celebrities I don't know on this podcast? It was Joe Rogan recently, now it's Neil deGrasse Tyson. Both of whom will bother me absolutely unreservedly around the place. Although now with my titanium fucking clavicle, maybe I can throw a couple of you know, Connor versus Donald Cerrone shoulder strikes. See how I get on there. Throw it with the wrong side. Break the other clavicle. Ah! Technical knockout. Nah. <laughs> anyway, all with the fuck show, boys and girls. This is it. We're, we've we've been doing so well at keeping this episode brief. Is it all going to run away now? If so, you have to blame uh, Freebie, which feels like it must be a sativa dominant hybrid because. As I say, all of the decking about with plants earlier on, and I was like, dude, I was really buzzing off that fucking, you know, inside my head, just been like, fucking plant man, plant man. Not really, but like, words to that effect, pretty much. I just want to fucking save that coleus, because when it's fully healthy, its leaves are like a jet black purple, and it's glorious. It's a clean, natural, it's a plant like, but it's a goth. I fucking love it. I'm going to be so raging if it dies, dies. Look, sorry, if this is your first ever Walloper Watch, basically, in between recording the rest of the show and recording Walloper Watch, I go and hit another bowl. So I come back here, stay high, and it is... Th- this podcast does have a tendency to go off the rails sometimes. But not tonight. Not tonight. That digression is over. So uh, I've got an article from The Guardian here, and I'm just wondering, like, what the point of this was. like. What the fuck did anybody get out of this? This is a factoid spread across about 400 words here. It's a disgrace. We won't read it all. But we'll, like, I'll give you the gist of it, etc. You know how in The Guardian they have like a little subject headline, then the headline? So you can click on the subject headline, then go back and get every other story about that. But sometimes they're very niche, so you're like, why the fuck would that be a subject headline? This is one of those times. So that's how I wound up reading this story. So subject headline is Keanu Reeves. And I'm just like, what now? Like, how uh, how could he be in the news? Right? He's never in the news. He's just always been a great lad, tipping about, making his own business, shooting off a load of guns. Shooting off a load of guns at Taran Tactical that presumably Joe Rogan comes along and tries to smell. Where is the Keanu episode of JRE? Like, how does that not happen? Keanu too cool, like. Too cool for Rogan. But he'd be so nice to him also, though. He'd just be like, 
oh yeah that's not really my thing like but whatever <laughs> keanu fucking legend i really want to rewatch the matrix the first one what got me interested i just watched uh, Stephen wonderboy thompson breaking down the best fight scenes in movies there there's an episode of MMA on point about it, and there's also one he does with GQ, and both are 30 minutes long, so you can watch Stephen Thompson break down fights in movies with like Seagal and GSP and fucking everything, old Kung Fu movies, Bruce Lee for an hour straight. Like maybe I'll put the links in the bio if I'm not too stoned to remember to do that. Oh, damn! I also downloaded all these extra jingles and sound effects I want to put into this episode, but... Dude, I fucking hate editing. I hate sitting. Well, maybe I could. No, but I should. I'll be able to enjoy it today. I'll put on a funky playlist or I'll listen to some fight news that I haven't heard yet. I think there's new Ariel Hawani and stuff out. I'm going to make this one a production. There's going to be bells and whistles. At the very least, at the very, very least, Punkadella files, I've got a new piece of. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Royalty free. Yeah. So it's free for me to use uh, music that I'm going to use as my outro. A little 30 second guitar fucking thing with a bunch of claps. I think it's got claps. Or was it Chugs? Chug, 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 chug. Don't know. Either way, it wasn't. Back to Keanu Reeves. So this guy writes this headline. Scientists have named a new range of antimicrobials after Keanu Reeves. Here's why that's a mistake. And at the long and short of the fucking article, it's like, uh, he says it's highly redundant. To boil down the work of Keanu Reeves to a simple litany of non-stop murder is to focus on only a fraction of his film work. So the point being that this is like an aggressive fungus or whatever that attacks things. And they're saying that it's like John Wick, but they've called it Keanu. And this guy's saying, well, they should have called it John Wick. And even Keanu's in here saying that. But it's just like, do we have nothing better to write about this week, The Guardian? Stuart Heritage. This boy was writing that article when he caught him out getting a haircut. That's fucking crazy to me. Chemical compounds called keanumycins kill a necrotrophic fungus that is thought to cause up to $100 billion of food crop losses annually. But isn't this overlooking Reeves' real range? Keanu Reeves has range now? What? This article is built on a foundation of fuck. Fucking sand! Are you mental, mate? I don't mean compacted sand either, like the stuff that flows about in the inside a fucking egg timer, like blowing about all over the shop. <sighs> Just fucking vexes me out, like, because The Guardian is, like, by fucking far the best newspaper in the world, like, really, in terms of the stuff that they expose about what fucking rich people are up to. By far, like, and they just sometimes have really, really stupid shit on our front page. Anything by Adrian Childs, like, most times I have to just be like, like there's, I can't even get five minutes out of it because I'll read the headline, depress myself on the podcast, and then not want to podcast ever again. So I just don't put Adrian Childs in the notes really anymore. Bedhead Beddington's had a few pictures recently, but uh, honestly, might have missed them, or maybe they're in notes for a different episode. But don't worry, she's still out there. Everyone's the least favorite journalist. Journalist in inverted commas there. Don't worry about that. So yeah, I wonder what Stuart Heritage got out of writing that article. Like, So congratulations to Suck County Reeves' dick in the paper. But then again, that's like, that's in the meme culture now. That's like, uh, what is it? That's taking the untouchable position. Like, That's like being out there, being like, uh, Keanu Reeves has range. Slavery was bad, and I believe in the death penalty for serial killers. You know, things that nobody in their right mind would disagree with. So I was then looking at 
another thing from the guardian and we're definitely not going to read all of this out but i have a screen grab of the important part and i just thought to myself when i read this right you know i just thought to myself when i read this literally fuck all the way off just like the person that wrote this article is just the sort of person that you want to be like hey hey go take a look in the mirror and have a word with yourself Here's what she had to say. And lo, Glastonbury announces the 2023 main stage headliners, and it's a bloke fest. After Saturday night's female headliner, rumoured to be Taylor Swift, dropped out, the pyramid stage headliners became Arctic Monday. Arctic Mondays. <laughs> it's half Arctic Monkeys, half Happy Mondays. <laughs> Oh, fuck. I bet you look good on the dance floor. Just bears fucking rocking the maracas. That's great. That's the best slip of the tongue I've ever had in this podcast. The Arctic Mondays. Right. The Pyramid stage headliners became Arctic Monkeys on Friday, followed by Guns N' Roses on Saturday, with Elton John on Sunday. While it doesn't seem feasible that anti-female prejudice is involved, at the very least, how sloppy, how slapdash it all is. While it doesn't seem feasible that anti-female prejudice is involved, yet I bet I will make that the crux of this entire article, if indeed there is a point or a crux to this article. Not that we're going to find out, we're not reading it all. Whatever image it pushes, it's been some time since Glastonbury was run by a bunch of hippies with a haircut and a dream. It's a global multi-million pound business. The British festival brand leader. It would, or should, have backups in mind should artists pull out. As part of this routine planning, and considering Glastonbury's inclusive reputation, an eye should be kept on balancing the lineup at all levels, including the top-tier performances. If a major female headliner drops out, then get another female headliner. With the eyes of the world on the Glastonbury Festival main stage over one June weekend, Optics matter. See, I'm going to argue right now and right here and sit here and turn around and tell all of you punkadelophiles for free that they don't. This bitch is complaining that a festival went from having Taylor Swift to your headliners being Arctic Monkeys. Alright, not quite as good as Arctic Mondays, but needs must. Guns and Roses. What was that? Was that a knocking at the door? Yeah, let that sink in there, will you? Guns and Roses, headlining Glastonbury. And then Elton John on Sunday when you're down. Dead. Neck wrecked. Bang over from fucking smashing it out whenever the play you could be mine. I just, it's like, the nerve to posit, not even posit out loud in what we read just now, okay? And okay, maybe there's better context than the rest of this article, but I'm just going to react to those three paragraphs, as is my right, as a fucking straight white male with a podcast. Selective outrage might be the term I'm looking for here, but like, how dare you say that Taylor Swift is on a level with Arctic Monkeys? Uh, much less. Much, much, much less Guns N' Roses and Elton John. There are comparisons to be made, but they're horrible business and chart position comparisons and who's got the most whatever on Spotify streaming and all that there. You want to talk about 
artistical integrity, etc., influence, blah, 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 for the better, then, you know, look, I hope Taylor Swift gets away with this whole thing about Ticketmaster and it works out to help the fans out, but you know she's just going to fill her own pockets and be like, oh, Ticketmaster's the bad guy, I can't do anything about it, I Taylor Swift, bleh, like, or something like, I have no idea what she sounds like, I mean, I just listen to her songs and work backwards and that, um, I will say, I've said it before, I'll say it again. We are never ever getting back together mashed up with corns coming undone is fucking brilliant and you need to hear it. So there you go. It's just like this girl that wrote this whole article and wasn't like, hmm, I wonder does musical talent matter at all when you're headlining Glastonbury? No, definitely not. It should have been some woman because she's a woman. And then I just have to ask, is that sexism? And then there's probably a question there to be asked back to me. And then it's just like, fuck, why did I bring up the S word? Because I don't get involved in these conversations about sexism or feminism or try not to, certainly in my real life. Because as soon as you say, like, you know, oh, well, look, like, I don't hate women. Like, everyone's just like, oh, well, are you a feminist? And you're like, yeah, I guess so. And they're like, oh, right, fucking explain three songs about feminism. And you're like, oh, God almighty. It just sounds so exhausting, as I said to my friend who describes herself as a feminist before. I just want to eat the cornflakes. I don't want to have a conversation about why it's a cock, not a hen on the box. Like, apathy, maybe not the best response. Uh, I just... I just wonder, does absolutely everything in the world have to be examined from a feminist angle? That would be my question. I mean, it does anyway. It happens and it gets out there. These people are agents, but then this one just happened to get published in The Guardian, so no need to worry about it, of course. Just bothersome that this sort of culture war stuff is going on. It's like, that's one of the most epic festival lineups I ever heard of, except for the fact that I think the Arctic Monkeys are on one of their fucking na-na-na-na-na, where the new David Bowie, like weirdo kicks i wasn't hearing great things about what they've been doing recently but if they were come out and say oh it's a classic set whatever the first album was called god it escapes me uh it's got such a long title i'll never remember but the arctic monkeys debut you all remember it surely it's some anniversary of that or the second one or we can do something interesting around that or have bez on stage to become the arctic mondays take that idea for free have one on big d fellas optics matter shut the fuck up now, here's a great dating profile. Dating profiles are always good good value for Wallop or Watch. Here's this guy. I don't unfortunately have a picture of him. The screenshot doesn't include it, but this is what his Tinder profile says. <laughs> his name on it, by the way, right? <laughs> I almost glossed over this, but this, because it just, it's, well, that's crazy. So his name on it, so write your name on Tinder. If I'm not mistaken, my memories of using Tinder it has to be linked to your Facebook account, so it has to be your real name. So this guy must have set up a Facebook account under this assumed name to get this to be his name on Tinder. His name, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, is No Fat Chicks with an X. He's 21 years of age. He's 15 miles away. This is what I got to say for himself. I'm super into working out, lifting weights. Being healthy is my biggest passion in life. I'd like a girl that's into fitness like me and works out at least once a week. Yes, sadly, somehow I'm fat, but I believe healthiness is a lifestyle. I work out with extreme intensity every day. I don't know how I'm fat, to be honest. I'm down to date a fat girl as long as she exercises like me. 
but there's no way a girl can work out as much as me and still be fat. My fatness is a legit mystery. I shouldn't be fat. All we can see in the bottom half of the picture too is such a pointy chin. I think there's a double in there behind it. And a terrible moustache. Dude, I want to interview that guy for the podcast. Like, I just want to be like, look, please, we'll give you $30 Canadian. Send us screen grabs of your entire Tinder profile, the conversations you've been having, the girls, etc. Just talk us through it. Talk us through it over Skype. Very, very good. Let's go. Mature content. Yeah, don't worry about it, Reddit. I fucking know what I'm doing here. So I thought we'd listen to this guy. Um, this is from or slash facepalm. Or excuse me, this is actually from or slash I'm a total piece of shit. And uh, I haven't actually heard this guy's whole spiel. The start of it was so funny. I just saved it for the pod. Um, do that sometimes, you know, it's as much of a shock to me as it is to you guys sometimes what comes up on here. Uh, but yeah, let's just hear what this dude has to say for himself. My story speaking my truth. And a lot of women having an issue calling me a deadbeat because I tell them I was being irresponsible, yet not wearing protection. But I always tell these women that I got pregnant that I do not want to be a father to these children. And I offer to pay for the abortion. Majority of times, they'll either take the abortion or they'll take a plan B. But only these seven have kept these children. But the crazy thing about it is they want me to be responsible for some children I told them I did not want. So for some years now, some of them been trying to get in contact with me. Access denied. Because I don't really know why you're trying to get in contact with me. I didn't told you I did not want them kids. So don't expect me to be responsible financially, emotional, spiritually, mentally, or physically with some kids I do not want. And I don't give a fuck what nobody think about it. You're not going to force children upon me. Yeah, we both made the decision to lay down and have intercourse. We both was irresponsible about the decisions we made that night. Yeah, I could have pulled out, but I didn't. And I ain't care to pull out because... I'm not the one that's going to have to carry a baby for nine months. It's the woman. In my opinion, women should be more careful on who they sleep with. Because you're going to be like, one of my baby mamas trying to find me so I can financially support a kid I didn't told her or them I did not want. Another thing is, these just jump offs. These are the type of women that I ain't even had to do nothing for. The bare minimum, but they gave me access to their body, and they think I want to be a, a father to a child for one of them? Wait, I don't even have no type of love for these women. How do they expect me to love these children? Before y'all say, oh, he's irresponsible, he a deadbeat, he don't take accountability. Yeah, I do. I just don't give a fuck. You ain't gonna force these children on me when I told you I ain't want them. Yeah, I can offer to a pay for abortion, but at what point can I force a woman to go get an abortion? I cannot. A woman say, my body, my choice, but I say, it's my life, my choice. Before y'all try to stitch this shit and be like, black man this, black man that, I don't give a fuck. I really don't. Did you guys need me to mention that he was black, or did you pick that up? <laughs> no um fucking hell that was crazy uh any wonder this was posted onto the headline man impregnates seven different women but the blame is on them it's got six thousand comments in the sub six thousand comments in the sub it was all it was originally posted to let's have a look at those i just don't give a fuck that pretty much sums it up 
He needs a vasectomy like yesterday. Women should be more careful who they sleep with. After all, there are people like me out there. <laughs> Very true. I feel you if it was once, but seven times isn't an accident. Seems like the court system might have an opinion on this. Yeah, that's not going to play well in court. Definitely, definitely, definitely not. Save that abortion money and use it to get yourself a vasectomy. Problem solved. Yes, my man, take an upvote. He's trying to help this dude out. Love it. <laughs> the reply to that comment is, I once talked to a dude behind the counter at a gas station who said he had four kids because he didn't like to use condoms and he and he couldn't take care of them and all that. I suggested a vasectomy and he was all like, no way, ain't nobody gonna stop this fucking bronco. Fucking idiot. I agree. But I want to go back to our man here. I want to, where was the fucking video? Right. Or where was the, the line? Let's play it all again, and then I'm going to go back and pick out some lines, because I want you guys to be able to hear this again, okay? Seven kids and seven baby mama. I got seven kids and seven baby mamas. Now, for the past few days, I've been going live, I've told my story, speaking my truth, and a lot of women having an issue calling me a deadbeat, because I tell them I was being irresponsible, yet not wearing protection, but I always tell these women that I got pregnant that I do not want to be a father to these children. And I offer to pay for the abortion. Majority of times, they'll either take the abortion or they'll take a plan B. But only these seven have kept these children. But the crazy thing about it is they want me to be responsible for some children I told them I did not want. So for some years now, some of them been trying to get in contact with me. Access denied. Because I don't really know why you're trying to get in contact with me. I didn't told you I did not want them kids. So don't expect me to be responsible financially, emotional, spiritually, mentally, or physically with some kids I do not want. And I don't give a fuck what nobody think about it. You're not going to force children upon me. Yeah, we both made the decision to lay down and have intercourse. We both was irresponsible about the decisions we made that night. Yeah, I could have pulled out, but I didn't. And I ain't care to pull out because... I'm not the one that's going to have to carry a baby for nine months. It's the woman. In my opinion, women should be more careful on who they sleep with. Because you're going to be like, one of my baby mamas trying to find me so I can financially support a kid I didn't told her or them I did not want. Another thing is, these just jump-offs. These are the type of women that I ain't even had to do nothing for. The bare minimum, but they gave me access to their body, and they think I want to be a, a father to a child for one of them? Wait, I don't even have no type of love for these women. How do they expect me to love these children? Before y'all say, oh, he's irresponsible, he'll deadbeat, he don't take accountability. Yeah, I do. I just don't give a fuck. You ain't gonna force these children on me when I told you I ain't want them. Yeah, I can offer to a pay for abortion, but at what point can I force a woman to go get an abortion? I cannot. A woman say, my body, my choice, but I say, it's my life, my choice. Before y'all try to stitch this shit and be like, black man this, black man that, I don't give a fuck. I really don't. I got seven kids and seven baby mamas. Now, for the past few days, I've been going live, telling my story, speaking my... Okay. There's about five parts that we need to revisit, but I do think that the very opening is just brilliant. So nonchalant about this statement that is absolutely wild. I got seven kids and seven baby mamas. 
So our homeboy has seven kids, the seven baby mamas, and then, and then he says, Told them I did not want. So for some years now, some of them been trying to get in contact with me. Access denied. <laughs> Access denied. <laughs> Okay, then this is crazy, right? Throwing it back on the woman. We both made the decision to lay down and have intercourse. We both was irresponsible about the decisions we made that night. Yeah, I could have pulled out, but I didn't. Yeah, I could have pulled out, but I didn't. <laughs> His fucking southern accent coming through there is fucking tip notch. Tip notch, top notch. Fuck's sake, hang on. <laughs> Oh, all fingers and thumbs. Hang on. Me, yeah, we both made the decision to lay down and have intercourse. We both was irresponsible about the decisions we made that night. Yeah, I could have pulled out, but I didn't, and I ain't care to pull out because I'm not the one that's gonna have to carry a baby for nine months. I mean, self-aware wolf. Much has this been shared to the subreddit self-aware wolves? If you know what that is, you get it. I don't have time to explain it right now. Let's see. The guy he had a couple of other fucking genius parts. I mean, this bit right here, right? Be more careful on who they sleep with because you're gonna be like one of my baby mamas trying to find me so I can financially support a kid I didn't told her or them I did not want. Okay, and our man is very concerned about getting judged for this as evidenced by this page of a quote. Before y'all say, oh, he irresponsible, he a deadbeat, he don't take accountability. Yeah, I do. I just don't give a fuck. You ain't gonna force these children on me when I told you I ain't want them. Yeah, I can offer to or pay for abortion, but at what point can I force a woman to go get an abortion? I cannot. At least he knows that much. Right, ladies? Right? A woman say, my body, my choice... But I say, it's my life, my choice. Before y'all try to stitch this shit and be like, black man this, black man that, I don't give a fuck. I really don't. I got such a strong end. I'll give a fuck. <laughs> Two and a half minutes of absolute gold. Welcome to fucking Walloper Watch, pal. That is the sort of shit that we need on here. Now, where were we? Right, here we go. So, Donald J. Trump. Fox News just asked Trump what he'd do differently from Biden on Ukraine. Well, what I would do is I would, we would, we have tremendous military capability. And what we could do with our planes, to be honest with you, with our 44-year-old jets, what we can do is enormous. And we should be doing it. And we should be helping them to survive. And they're doing an amazing job. Donald J. Trump. There you go. Gold. You know, no other president's going to have a quote like that. No other president's gonna have a quote you're gonna want to read out on Walloper Watch, let's be honest. Okay, what does Homeboy gotta say for himself here? Is this LinkedIn? I'm not quite sure. Um, maybe this is that citizen app. Uh, I was setting up a new phone when the Wi-Fi setup showed an NSA surveillance van was on my choices. I couldn't find the van, but I've got it down to three houses. I don't know why they wouldn't be smart enough to change their name from NSA surveillance van to something else. Or maybe they're not that smart. Hmm, self-aware wolf much? 
Anyway, it's got me paranoid since I'm a Republican. Has anyone else noticed this? I just unplugged my own surveillance cameras so they can't tap into my wireless. I'm also going to have to cover up my phone so they can't use my camera phones. Dude, this guy's going on fucking full red alert. The shit has hit the fan. Bug out bags. In the yoke. Let's go. Get to the ute. Get the cabin. Because someone's got their Wi-Fi named NSA surveillance fan. So listen, folks, that joke is still viable in 2023. Get after it. Rename your wireless network today. Uh, whatever app this that was posted on, the location was tagged as Jacksonville, Florida, just in case there was any doubt. Okay, from or slash not how girls work. Uh, This is a guy's tweet from somewhere. Um, Recently, I realized when all these females touch penises, they later spread all these bacteria and sperm on everything, mainly door handles. It's so disgusting. Anyone that touches this shit becomes gay. I have to wear latex gloves all the time when I leave my house. They should make those femoids wear isolation suits so they don't spread this. And if you call me an incel, you are an idiot. I change females that I fuck pretty much every day since 2016. Holy shit, pretty much every day since 2016, that's, like, that's literally impossible. It would fall off, sir. Alright, last but not least on Whopper Watch today, we got some dude from Twitter. Uh, I'm going to go out on a crazy limb here and say an American. And his name is Jason Howerton. He's uh, verified. He's got the blue tech. No idea what he's famous for, if he is at all. So it's a picture of Lego. All stacked up, but not even Lego, like Duplo, you know the kitty Lego? My 18-month-old son built this. I told him, good job, and then took half of it. He cried, so I told him, that's socialism. Don't let them bring it here. He looked me dead in the eye and said, not in my America. Oh, say, can you see the walloper? By the dawn's early light, this guy is a fucking balloon. Alright, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, from the front to the back, from the back to the front, it has been a pleasure talking to you guys. I told you I didn't want to, but that is the power of punkadelism. It can turn your whole day around. Now, or ruin it, or fucking ruin it, but today was a good day, so take it, celebrate it, go with it. Uh, right now, today, it's Wednesday, the whatever of March, but the point being that it's a Wednesday, so that means new Mandalorian, new Bad Batch, which I told you earlier in the show you need to get on. So that's what I got going on here tonight. I'll be sitting here doing that. I'm fucking buzzing for it. I'm going to try and get this episode up and out before then. That's my next two missions is uh, editing, well, editing, dinner, watching. I think that's going to be fucking quality. And right before I go, I got to re-up my, I got to re-up my weed here today. So I'm just going to have a quick look at the delivery services website, see what's on sale, and maybe talk you guys through some of the strain options they have over here. All right, so we got an ounce on sale for 45 bucks right here. Purple Candy. Purple Candy AA Plus Organic Outdoor Medium Slash Small Buds. So, not great that it's small buds, but very nice that it's organic outdoor. So, it's an indica dominant hybrid and it says the THC levels are 19% to 22%. Purple Candy is an indica dominant hybrid strain that was created by crossing BC Sweet Tooth with the Mendocino Perp strain. This flower has an earthy herbal smell and its smoke has a pungent flavor with a sweet aftertaste. Purple Candy has a body-centered high that is calming and euphoric with a boost of happiness. It can lead to a powerful case of the munchies, which makes it great for fighting eating disorders and wasting conditions. Purple Candy can also be used to treat anxiety, depression, fatigue, 
migraines, other headaches and insomnia. Use this as a nighttime strain as it can induce powerful couch lock, flavour slash aroma, pungent, grape, sweet and berry, effects, relaxed, happy, sleepy, euphoric and hungry. Well, I mean, that's pretty much what we're looking for, isn't it? But there might be something else on here that takes our fancy. Let's see, what will we do? Why don't we search products by pink and see then what we have in terms of either pink kush or things that have been mixed with pink kush so we've got tom ford pink kush sir that's crazy 4a uh, grade for that one that's heavy duty pink gas 4a that's heavy duty pink kush itself triple a plus bubba pink 4a wow once you cross it with anything it goes up to 4a jesus uh bc sweet tooth triple a one ounce is only 55 dollars Oh, that's a sale I could get behind. Uh, so BC Sweet Tooth Indica Dominant Hybrid THC 17% to 23%. Doesn't say small buds for this one. So we might be onto a winner here, boys and girls. BC Sweet Tooth is an Indica Dominant Hybrid strain that was created through a three-way cross between the Sweet Pink Grapefruit, Blueberry and Grapefruit strains. Ah, balls. So not Pink Hoosh, all right. But again, Pink actually wasn't in the title of this one, so... I should know that. This strain has a sweet honey citrus candy taste and honey sweet citrus aroma that intensifies as you smoke. Users describe the BC Sweet Tooth High as an intensely uplifting and euphoric cerebral head high that leaves you couch locked and lazy for hours. You'll be caught in your own head with deep meditative thoughts and will likely be spacey and unsocial for a long period of time. Dude, this sounds perfect! Upon the calm down, you will be eased into a deep and peaceful sleep. Due to these effects, this bud is ideal for treating pain, insomnia, muscle spasms, and recovering from clavicle operations after you got hit by a bus. Wow, what are the odds of that, boys and girls? That was crazy. I'm definitely going to get this now, as if I wasn't. Um, flavor slash aroma, citrus, pungent, and sweet, just like me. Effects, aroused, creative, euphoria, happy and sleepy. Again, just like D. So I'm going to get that ordered up here, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. That's all I need. I don't think I need any fucking gadgets or anything from these guys today. Um, so I've got to go take my black ass to the ATM now. Well, look, that's it. And that's that. Stay black, everybody. This has been Punkadelic Podcast, which, as you know, is a podcast about the things that make life worth living. Movies, metal, mixed martial arts. Peace, love, Punkadelic. <laughs>